This is a free download from Delancey Eden Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 30 a.m. in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Banks, St. Simpsons, in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. I think a major thing that it afflicts a lot of people's lives is fear. You know, you'd be amazed how many people are dominated and controlled by fear. I think we're living incredibly in an age of incredible fear. I don't think you have to speak to many people today where people will tell you their fears. Fears of, of what they feel is going to happen, of all kinds of fears they've got. And it's a massive thing that inflicts so many people in our world and dominates and controls their lives. I think even as Christians, we can actually be quite affected by fear. And I guarantee here this morning, I think God wants to break fear over a lot of people's lives this morning. I think we're going to see some real breakthroughs in people's lives. But I think there's a, let me just say this to begin with, there's a difference between the fear of God and the fear of the enemy. Fear of God it's not that you're afraid of God, but it's a sense that you have a sense of awe, a sense of reverence, that's the best way, a respect for God. That's what the fear of God is. The fear of the enemy, I think, is something that controls us and dominates us. It's often an incredible tool that the enemy uses as a weapon against Christians to dominate them and afflict them and to limit their lives it's very hard to be effective in your walk with god if fear dominates and controls you and so the enemy will use fear as a tool to dominate to limit and to and to really affect our lives and it often creates intense feelings and we're afraid to to step out do anything and because we're afraid of, 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 of being foolish or, or we're afraid that, that some things are not going to work for our good. That's the best way to describe it. We're afraid if we do something, then that's not going to work for our benefit and for our good. And so we're completely held and dominated and controlled by fear. Let me just see really from Genesis 3.10 how fear actually came into the earth. Genesis 3.10, this is the first mention of fear. Here is Adam. He said, I heard your voice in the garden. Notice what he said. And I was a, what? Afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. So the moment they lost the glory, the moment they got separated from God and there became this chasm, this, this wall, this barrier to them and God, the first result of that was incredible fear that came into their hearts. Sin always leads to fear. It's interesting that when you're really close and intimate with God, one of the first results of that is that you feel free of fear. 
Psalm 91, how many love Psalm 91? I love Psalm 91, and that's a great psalm to memorize, a great psalm to confess over your life. And Psalm 91 speaks of how incredible it is to be near God, to those who dwell in the, in the most high, those who, 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 who inhabit God's presence, so with God, walking with God. And one of the results of that, it says that I will not be afraid of the terror by night. How many have found that often fear comes? When does it often come most times? At night, is that right? Just when you're asleep, that's when those tormenting thoughts and those fears seem to come and afflict our lives. And David says, because of my walk with you, because I'm intimate and close with you, I will not fear of the terror of night. There'll be no fear when I lay my head down to lie, if you like. No fear to... to Hold and buy my love. Because ultimately, the, the cause of fear is sin. Separated from God, not right with God. When you're not right with God, the first thing that often rises up in you is fear. It's a consequence. It's a result of not being right with God. It's a result of, of not living in close intimate walk with God if we haven't got a close intimate walk with God and we're not right with God the consequences often are that we feel overwhelmed by fear fear seems to overwhelm us and control us look at Psalm 112 verse 7 again I think this is so applicable to to the days with Psalm 112 Verse 7. Psalm 112, verse 6 to 7. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast. He will not be afraid until he sees his desires upon his one of the ways that often fear comes, they read this, bad news. You know, you just often listening to bad news, listening to, 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 to a bad report, and you begin to focus and you begin to center your mind on the bad news, on the bad report, on, on, on the things that are going wrong around you. You begin to focus on those things, and the more you begin to focus on those things, the more that fear begins to rise up in your heart. The children of Israel were told they believed the bad report. They believed the report of the spies. They believed the bad report they were given. And because they believed the bad report they were given, the Bible says fear rose up in their heart and they became utterly paralyzed. That's what fear does. It paralyzes you. It limits you. It affects you. You don't feel you can step out for God because you're so afraid and fearful of the consequences of doing that. So fear limits and, and that bad news that wants to rob us of our destiny and rob us of what God wants to do. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. There's a, a powerful verse on fear. How do you want to be free of fear? What a verse this is on fear. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. It says, therefore I remind you, 
stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of on through the laying on of my hands. For notice this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a soul sound mind. In other words, God had really something amazing had happened in Timothy's life. Some amazing gift had been imparted to him. God was, was using him, doing a mighty work in his life, but something happened to cause the gift, the, the, the anointing, the, the, the talent, the ability that God had given him, something caused him to pull away from the gift that God had given to him. And what Paul says that the thing that, that limited him, the thing that caused him to pull away from the gift that God had put into his life, what was it? Was a spirit of fear. And that tells you one thing right there. That fear doesn't come from God. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So fear's over us and it didn't come from God. Is that right? And we're told it's a spirit. It's a spirit that comes to attack and hinder the believer. A spirit of fear is a, it's a spirit, a, a demonic spirit that, that will seek to afflict and hold back believers in Christ. And notice what it does. It causes the gifts. It causes the talents and the abilities that God has poured into our lives. It causes them to become dormant in our lives. In other words, that often we maybe have stepped out in our gift or our talent and our ability, and it just didn't turn out the way we thought it would turn out. It kind of went wrong. Or people didn't receive it as we thought they would receive it. And what happens is we pull back, and we're afraid to use that gift and to use that talent again. We're just fearful to do it again. We did it before, and it failed. We did it before, and it went wrong. So from now on, I'm pulling back. And often the enemy will use fear to rob you of the gifts and the talents and the anointing that God's put in you. So we, how many believers that's happened to? That God gave you an amazing, incredible gift. I wonder that, that word that came this morning. Maybe God has given you a prophetic word, a gift. And you just pull back. You were afraid to give that word. Or, or maybe God's leading you to do something, but you're afraid to do it. And what God's saying to Timothy is that, Timothy, that fear, that which holds you back, that which stopped you from using your gift and your talent, didn't come from God. So the fear rules. The fear controls. The fear hinders us from using the gifts and the talents of God. Look at Matthew 25. That's a great parable. We call it the parable of the talents. Remember that parable? Where the master gives each of the servants a, a talent. The other two use their talent. But the third one didn't use his talent. He didn't use it. He buried it. And here we're told why he buried it and why he didn't use it. Look what it says in verse 25. 
This is what his response. When the master says to him, why didn't you use your gift? Why didn't you use your, your talent? Why didn't you use it? Here's was, here was his response. And I was a what? Afraid. And so I hid the talent in the ground. I buried it. I pushed it down. And that's what happened. Fear causes us to bury talents. It brings timidity. It brings intimidation. It causes us to panic. And we're told here, God has given us a gift, but because of fear. What about the fear of failure? Isn't that amazing fear? The fear of failure. The fear of stepping out and it's all going to fail. It's all going to go wrong. The fear of failure. The fear of looking foolish. The fear of feeling inadequate. The, f- the fear of becoming intimidated. And all these fears, as they begin to hold us and attack us, what they do do is they cause us to feel intimidated. We feel intimidated about using our gift and our talent because of the fear that grips our hearts. And Paul says to Timothy, overcome that fear. Stir up the gifts within you. Don't let that rule you. Don't let that fear stop you of fulfilling your potential. And I just wonder in life, how many people had an amazing talent, gift, ability, potential, but they never really fulfilled it because they were afraid. Because they were full of fear. Because they felt intimidated. Because they felt maybe not good enough or, or never adequate enough. And the fear limited and held us back. Look at Hebrews 2 verse 14. Let me show you the root of fear. What is the root of it? What's the, what's the root of fear? It's a spirit. The work of the enemy I want you to see the root of it, what the root of it is. Hebrews 2 and verse 14. Read a few verses. Inasmuch then as children have partaken of the flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the shame, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Isn't that a great scripture right there? Now notice the result of that. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. In other words, the root of fear is death. That's the root of it. The root of fear is death. What is death in essence? Death really i put it this way, is the fear of loss. The fear of loss. That's what death really is. Let's think about this from, we often see death as separate, we, we often see death as a cessation. But death actually is just a separation. When the believer dies, or, or dies on this earth, there is a separation. He's now going to a glorious place. Is that right? Isn't that wonderful? So death really is, is a loss. It's a, it's, a sense of, it's, it's a sense of loss. And that's where the root is. The fear of losing our jobs. The fear of being sick. 
the fear of losing a relationship, the fear of losing a position. Fear always has to do with some kind of loss. The fear of death. In some way, the fear of losing out. If I really commit myself fully to God, then I'm afraid I might, what, miss out. And always that fear, that sense of losing out. And that's why the way to deal with fear, actually, is to die to ourselves. Isn't it true that really a lot of fear, actually, is connected to our egos? Think about it. Or how I feel. How will people think about me? How will people see me? Everybody can see that. But a lot of fear often is connected to our egos. And here's the thing. The more selfish we are, the more afraid we'll be. But the more I doubt to myself, the more free of fear I will be. The root of fear is death. But Jesus defeated the greatest enemy. Amen. And we can remove any fear of death if we will destroy the roots. And it's really believing at the cross, Jesus destroyed the root of fear. And fear leads, I think, to this kind of perpetual torment. We're literally worried sick about our past, about our future, about our finances, about what people think. And we just can't get our minds off the problem, and it leads to, to torment. And when fear comes, it affects the way we think and the way we act. We act on the lie rather than acting on the truth. And fear leads to unbelief and doubt, I guarantee if you've got some area of unbelief or doubt in your heart, the root of that unbelief, the root of that doubt is fear. That's the root of it. And the Bible says, notice also it says about that, it says people are subject to it all their lives. Isn't it awful? That somebody could be subject for the whole of their life with fear. The whole of their life is dominated and controlled by fear. It rules them. It directs them. But when you come to the cross, you can know the power of Jesus to break the fear of your life. He's delivered us from fear because fear ultimately is under the curse of the law and Jesus has broke the power of the curse of the law. Can you say amen? That's how fear is broken, the power of it. There's another one. Job 3, verse 25. And I will come to the good stuff in a moment, incidentally. Let me just build this up. Job, there's an interesting verse here in Job. Job 3.25. And it says here, what a powerful verse. Here is Job, entering a pretty hard time in his life. Notice what he says in verse 25. For the thing... I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Isn't that powerful? You read Job, you read a man. Before all these events happened, he seemed to have his life so together. 
But I believe that really deep down in his heart, there were fears right down inside his heart. Often what we say is not necessarily what we really believe. And deep in Job's heart, he had fear. I think this is a challenge not to pray around with fear. See, the opposite of fear is what? It's faith. Faith declares everything you believe will come to you. Is that right? That's what faith is. Faith believes everything that you declare with your mouth, it will come to you. And so either we can believe our faith or we can believe our fear. But either way, way, it will come to us. Either negative things will come to us or good things, beneficial things will come to us. It's all about what we really believe. We either believe what God says or we believe the fear of the enemy. And this is the way I believe often that, that, that the enemy comes to, to attack us with fear. What happens when fear comes into your life? It comes by mental torment. He attacks the mind and gives false images. Now, this has happened to me a few times. Okay, I can actually say this myself. So I know exactly how powerful this is. When the girls, I mean, when our girls say, we're coming back at such and such a time, and they never came back. I mean, actually, they were actually at a prayer meeting one night, and they were there for about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and they said they'd be back about 11 or something, and now it's 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm thinking mental... And they're, and they're not out... And they're just, I know they're a, a Christian meeting, but in my mind, I'm thinking, suddenly I get these mental pictures. Car crash. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting in my mind, the car crash, and all these scenarios. I can picture it in my mind. I can just see it. And almost, you feel that torment come. And you see the image of it begin to attack your mind. It could even be in a marriage. Fear of losing a husband. Ever had symptoms in your body? Ever had that? You maybe, I don't know, you just, you just get a pain. Just, just come. Just come. And suddenly you're thinking, where did that pain come from? And you think, somebody else had that pain. Look what happened to you. Know, and all these symptoms, and the slightest symptom you have, your mind begins to think the worst possible scenario. And amazing, the more you think about it, the worse the pain gets. I found that. And so it begins, and it begins to give you an image. And suddenly you think you've got something really seriously wrong with yourself. Fear attacks your emotions. It drains your energy, drains your inner resources. It can lead to depression, to the feeling of of heaviness and hopelessness. And you feel paralyzed and full of negativity. Fear brings hopelessness. I believe hope is the happy anticipation of good things. Amen? But fear stops you having hope. Hope that something good is going to happen. Some people just, uh, just absolutely always believe the worst. They struggle to believe good things are ever going to happen in their lives. I can remember, I used to be like all the time. I remember when I was young and I was so gripped by fear. Maybe I went for a job interview. My first, even before I went for it, I'd say this, I'm never going to get it. You know, my house actually, and I love my mom and dad so dearly, it was a place gripped with fear. I remember what my mom used to say to me, make sure you've got clean underwear on in case you get knocked over. How many have found that? You know, and that was a sort of grip that was there in that house. Constant fear. Don't do this because you're going to fall off. Or don't do that. You're going to get, you know, always the, the negative side of things. And that's such a grip on, on our life. And I, I picked that up so strongly. 
And so I'd often always, if I went to anything I ever did, I'd always first of all look at it from the negative side. Because I thought that if I really, if I really believed something good would happen, and it didn't happen, I'd get disappointed. <laughs> and a lot of people live their life like that. They never believe for good, because they think if I believe for good, it doesn't happen, I'm going to be really disappointed that it doesn't happen. Start believing for good things. Because the reason why you're not is because of fear. You're afraid to believe good things. Because you've lost sense. But God is a what? Good God. And I think it can affect your body. People can physically be affected in their body. Let me give you a good definition of fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. That's a good acrostic there. Fear is false things appearing real. The enemy wants to tell, tell you your current situations, the evidence that your future will be a failure. But the Bible teaches no matter how bad things seem, nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Okay, let me just, how we deal with fear. There's the first thing. Confront it and deal with it. Even though the devil brings fear, you can choose not to bow to fear. David says, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. You know, I found that often when God leads you to step out in some area to do something new, a new job or do something new, often there can be a fear that holds us back from going forward, from doing something new. The reason why people often never witness is because they're afraid. Fearful of being rejected. Fearful of what people might think. And often we can even make decisions over our life because of fear. And so we make bad decisions, we make wrong choices because they are based on fear. I just think of Abraham. I've got a challenge. God said to me, I want you to leave your home. Leave everything you're familiar with. Leave your family, leave everything that you're comfortable with, leave it. And here's what God said to me. So I'm not telling him when you're going. You'll know that you know that you know when you get there. That's what basically God said to him. But leave behind. Can you imagine if Abraham had not been willing to step out beyond this fear? How, that, how many things that would have not happened if Abraham had listened to his fear? The Bible says he was willing and he stepped out. Elizabeth Elliot, how many have ever heard of Elizabeth Elliot? She's the wife of a man called Jim Elliot. And Jim Elliot was a, was a missionary that was martyred in Ecuador. And Elizabeth Elliot wrote, wrote those books, uh, Going Through the Gate of Splendor, if you've ever seen that book. And every time she started to step out and try to minister, fear would always hold her back, every single time. And a friend told her, why don't you do it afraid? Do it afraid. Step out anyway. Even though you're afraid, do it anyway. And here's the great thing about Elizabeth Elliot. Together with, with Rachel Saint, who was the sister of one of the other murder missionaries, they went to evangelize Ecuador. The very place where her husband was murdered was the place she returned to as a missionary. And she actually led the very ones that stuck the spear in his back, she led them to the Lord. Because she was willing to face her fear and go beyond it. Even though she, even though she was afraid, she did it anyway. And that's the truth. 
Even though you're afraid, do it anyway. The Bible says 60 times, fear not. It's not a clever idea or a suggestion. It's fear not. 60 times, fear not. Why? Because the Lord thy God is with you. He's saying, don't run away. Don't give way to the fear. Do it anyway, regardless of how you feel. Don't fear because I am with you. In other words, develop a God consciousness. Get a greater sense of God being with you, and the God being with you will be greater than the fear that you're facing. Let me finish with 2 Timothy 1, verse 8. We just looked at that verse. Let's just look at it again. Let's see three ways that Paul says to Timothy he can overcome fear. Two Timothy one eight, and here's the first thing he says. He says, verse seven. Sorry, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but there's the first thing. He's given you a but given you a spirit of power, the power of the spirit within me. The Greek word there is the word dynamis, which means being able, being capable. It means explosive power. It's the power that makes you able. When fear, fear tells you you can't do it, you say, I'm able because of the power in me. I'm able to be that witness I know God has called me to be. I'm able to do what God has called me to do because I have a spirit of power. I have a spirit that enables me to do the impossible. That's why I can overcome fear. I have a spirit that's able inside me. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing he says. He's given you power to overcome the fear, and also he's given you love. 1 John 5. 1 John 5. So 1 John 4, just see if you're away. Uh, 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is what? No fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. I love it. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been perfected in love. How do I overcome fear? I overcome fear by love. God's love is unconditional. It's perfect. He still loves us, even when we mess up. He loves us. And here's the thing. Trust the love of God to cast the fear out. What it's saying is this. That if, I'm not, if I'm really full of fear, then I've not really yet been perfected in the love of God. I don't really trust in the love of God. I, I don't really believe that, that God will turn it out for my good. 
Because I'm not really 100% trusting in the perfect love of God. Because when we fear, it shows that love is not really being perfected. Notice it says, we know and we believe. I know that I know that I know that I know that God loves me. And I begin to put my trust and my confidence in the love of God. Now, as I begin to know that, now, the word know means I know it by experience. I just don't know just by some mental ascent. I've experienced that love. That love is something that's becoming real to me. I'm experiencing it. It's becoming close and near to me. And when I begin to, to know and experience that love, the more I experience that love, the more the fear will begin to be driven out of my life. And love isn't really gripping me, then the fear will come into that vacuum. That's why Paul said, I pray that you might experience, that you might know the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of the love of God for you. And the more I experience that love, the less fear will dominate and control me. It says this, experience the love, know the power of God in you, then thirdly says, a sound mind. What's the opposite of a sound mind? It's an it's a unstable mind. One that's moved all the time. They move from here to there. They're moved all the time. A stable mind is a mind that actually is not controlled by fear. Fear really is a result of wrong thinking. In other words... If we're to deal with fear, we've got to get our minds and our thoughts under control. We've got to refuse to believe every single thought and every single word and every single bad report that comes to us that is contrary to the Word of God. You know how you do with that really ultimately? Is you've got to meditate on the Word of God. I found that if you want to deal with fear in your life, take the 60 scriptures that talk of fear. Things like, fear not, for I am with you. I won't forsake you or leave you. Isaiah speaks of though you go through the water, though you go through the fire, fear not. So I won't leave you or forsake you. And so take all the scriptures that talk of fear and meditate on them. Think on them. Allow your mind to be dominated by those thoughts. And so when fear begins to attack your mind, you resist those thoughts. You, you refuse to, to think on those thoughts. Ultimately, what's worry? Worry is wrong meditation. It's meditating on your problem rather than meditating on God's word. And the more I begin to meditate and think on God's word, the more fear will begin to be loosed from my life. Just pay your head for a few moments right now. Just this word, the Lord just, if I just led me to say, just bow your head. To what God, I believe, says, fear not, my child. I am with you always. I feel every pain. I see all your tears. Fear not, my child. I am with you always. I know how to take care of what belongs to Get that word into your heart this morning. Fear not, my child. 
Don't fear. Whatever's before you, whatever challenge you've got right now, don't be afraid. Fear not. Just come before the Lord right now. We want the Lord to just break any power of fear. God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. Maybe this one's gifts, talents, abilities, callings, all kinds of things God's put on your life. Maybe God's calling you to do something fresh, something new for him. New challenge, new start, new beginning, something new, something fresh, something new. Maybe the thing that holds you back is fear. Maybe you can see all kinds of areas of your life where fear is just affecting your life and limiting your life and holding your life back. Fear of stepping out, fear of just something that's there. Something that God has got an amazing plan destiny, but it's the fear that's holding you back right there. Maybe fear in relationships, fear that holds you back from getting close to people because you're afraid of they might fail you, disappoint you, hurt you. Maybe you, 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 there's dread there. You, you dread things. There's a dread of things that could possibly take place. And just dreads over you. You believe the negative rather than the, the positive, the truth. God said, I've not given you a spirit of fear. But I've given you something that is powerful. Something of love. And I've given you a sound, whole mind, that's stable and fixed. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.